But she, at one point when my significant other was visiting me, I lived in another city. She's like, well, you're abandoning your daughter to go because I'm foreign. I'm Colombian. Uh, you're going to go and visit um, that skanky Mexican and her crippled child. <gasps> you're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sams. Hello, Mr. Sams. Hello, Mrs. Sams. How are you? I'm good. You're supposed to say doing well, doing well. Nice girl thing. I know. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Why are you excited? Because I want to announce the winner. The winner of what? The Barbados thing. Oh. Yeah, so we had um, a Nacho Kids Academy coaching call the other night. And mm-hmm. so while we had everybody together, we did a drawing for the name, which which consisted of loading everybody's name into this digital wheel spinning thing. It's like the Wheel of Fortune with everybody's name in it. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. Yep. So we, we spun it a few times because we figured if if person number one doesn't claim it or can't claim it or whatever that we go to number two and all that. But the very first person claimed it. Yes. She's like, is this real? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, and nobody on the coaching call won. They were all disappointed. It was like, oh. no, they weren't. I was disappointed for them. <laughs> yeah. We, we were disappointed for them because we wanted, I guess we wanted to see somebody's reaction. I think we wanted everybody to win and we knew that yeah. couldn't happen. No, because there ended up being, what, 271 entries? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I know you can't give her real name, but who won? Emily T. All right. And you've already reached out to her, I know. I've reached out to her, sent her a copy of the gift certificate, and mailed her a copy as well, along with a Nacho Kids mini book. (laughs) Oh, have we ever talked about our Nacho Kids mini book? Uh, I don't know. Oh, we may need to talk about that one day. Okay. Not today. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep y'all guessing. Today. I don't know what we're going to talk about today. All right. Well, congratulations, Emily. Um, I guess, you know, let us know when you get to our Barbados. Send us pictures. <laughs> yeah, send a picture saying, thank you, Nacho Kids. There you go. I couldn't ask her to do that. But if she wants to, she can. Yeah. We didn't ask you to do that, Emily, but do that. Yeah, Emily. <laughs> and your bikini in Barbados. With the clear blue water. Now, see, if I said send pictures of you in a bikini, okay, you'd be now, flipping out. Yeah. Okay. I take that back. <laughs> Emily, a picture of you fully clothed <laughs> at the crystal clear waters, eating nachos and drinking a margarita. There you go. That better? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I would not. <laughs> I'd have been like, what? You pervert. I know. Ain't it weird how men and women can do things and it be seen differently? Yeah. That's like even stuff like when your son has his friends come over, you know, these little teenage guys that come over and, you know, they're like, Hey, you know, talking to Lori and she's give me a hug. I missed you. You know, cause she's always so personal with everybody. And I'm thinking to myself, if, if Jackson <laughs> were a girl and a bunch of teenage girls were coming over and I'm like, Hey, give me a hug. Yeah. Lori would be like, you dirty old nasty man. You're really? right. I know. Ain't it Ain't it a double standard? Well, really, somebody listening to this could go, 
Lori just asked that girl to send her a bikini picture. That's true. You know, somebody could look at it that way. I'm just figuring she's at Barbados, y'all. But yeah, you're right, David. You're right. If your kids or Jackson was a girl and all these little 16-year-old girls were coming over and you're like, hey, and they're like, I missed you. Give me a hug. And you hugged them. I'd be like, uh. Yeah. You'd be like, we we need to have talk about this. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It is interesting. Maybe we need to have a talk about this. No, I love all my little boys' <laughs> friends, though. I, I want them to know that if they ever need anything, that I'm here. If they are out drinking and they shouldn't be and they need a ride home, that they can call me. If they have issues with things that they're scared to talk to their parents about, I want them to know that I can be that person for them. You're trying to be the neighborhood mom. That's right. Oh, my goodness. I am. Well, everybody in the neighborhoods in blended families anyway. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we joked about having um, all Jackson's friends on a podcast, but since it's summer, it might be a good idea to do. I'll just have to get all their parents to sign a release form. <sighs> yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know how that would go. I think it'd be fun. All these kids are going to get in trouble <laughs> for being on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be fun, though. Yeah, especially when the parents go back and listen to this episode and like, what do you mean that old woman's hugging all over you? Oh, yeah. Perverted woman. That's true. <laughs> no, their parents know. <laughs> their parents know. They, I'm sure they've they seen do. me give them hugs. Sure. Or seen them run up to me and hug me. Again, if it were a little teenage girl and her mom's dropping her off and I run out, give me a hug. I miss you. <laughs> that woman would be like, getting back in the car. We are leaving. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the difference is, but there is a difference. So you just stay in your lane, David. I'm not, look, I'm trying to keep the girls from asking me for hugs. Yeah, you keep up with that. Well, <laughs> let's talk while we're talking about that. We can talk about one of your kids' girlfriends that would always send you messages like, happy birthday. Which one? Which one? <laughs> the one we wish you'd get back with because you don't like the one he's with now? The um, one we the lesser of the two evils. The one we didn't know to appreciate. <laughs> yeah, the lesser of the two evils. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. Well, I told him what to tell her, so she ain't texted no more, has she? I told her just don't do it while she. Well, while part around. of my issue with her was because she tried to jump from one of your kids to the other kid. So you thought I might be another jump? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know. She's like, oh, he's got this nice house. He's got a nice car. What's wrong with your thinking, he's, woman? He's, you know, old. He'll die soon. <laughs> I'm hot. How could he ignore this? <laughs> oh, let's talk about that real fast. Yeah, I know this is off the chain. This is way off topic. So one of David's kids had this really, really pretty girlfriend. She is really pretty. His kid had posted a picture of them at prom. David's daddy commented on it. And we're sitting at a restaurant with the whole family, grandparents, everybody. David's sister's sitting across from me. And I look at my phone and I see the comment on that picture. And David's daddy had put 100% fine. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, dirty old man, right? I show David's sister and she's dying. I mean, we've got, we don't even have to talk to each other. We can tell each other's what each other's thinking because the look in our eyes is dirty old man, dirty old man. And I said, well, let's see what idiot liked the comment. 100% fine. It was my daddy. 
<laughs> yeah, so that was fun. What the the most fun part about that was that you were laughing and you were pointing the phone at me, like, look what your daddy did, look this man. <laughs> and then within 10 seconds, you're like, Oh my god, my daddy liked it. That's even worse. And then I'm going, Yeah, look what your daddy did. <laughs> at least he didn't type it. It, it might have just been a mistake. I'm sure but that's what it was. You know, it was that that whole step family tit for tat thing. But we did it with the, each other's parents. Yeah, with the in-laws. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Let's talk about the Nacho Club. Okay. Because we haven't talked about it in a while. All right. Facebook has gone crazy with Are their... You? No, they're still crazy. With their... Facebook has all this artificial intelligence stuff and... People are getting their posts removed and getting dinged and all this stuff. And so our groups got dinged several times. And I got a message that said we were at risk for being shut down because when we approve a post, if it has something that the person gets dinged for, we actually get dinged because we approved it, right? So long story short, we've talked about this for a while and we decided to create the Nacho Club. It is a community forum outside of social media where you are completely anonymous. You don't have to worry about some skank code taking pictures of your screenshots and (laughs) sending them to anybody. You don't have to worry about anything. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. People love it. There's not drama. It's people there helping other people. Isn't it the interesting part, though, that once you take people out of Facebook, the whole demeanor of the group changes? Well, there is a fee, $24 a year. A year. A year. $24 a year. And you have to sign up for a year. We're not doing $2 a month stuff. $24 a year. And there's no drama. (laughs) Yeah. We should have did that years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But you can also create your own little sub clubs and the Nacho Club. It's really neat. So check it out. Go to nachokids.com and click on club. Yep. Yeah, we actually had somebody yesterday create a a little club inside the Nacho Club for um, for childless stepmoms. I saw that. I know there's a childless stepmom, a full-time stepmom. Um, yeah. There's there's several. I can't remember all of them right now. Yeah, so it's like a group within a group. So yeah. it's pretty cool. And a lot of people are connecting on there and, um, and they're helping each other out. They seem to be a lot more helpful, at least it appears to me, that they are. Yes. And it'll take time for the activity level to jump up a little bit, but it's yeah. getting there. I think people are more engaging because they know it's 100% anonymous. Yes. And so they don't worry what they say. They can be more authentic, which is funny when you think about it. You're more authentic when you're hidden, (laughs) but that's just the way it is. Well, that's because Facebook has scared people to death with Skanko sending screenshots of your messages or or your posts. Anybody, because somebody might say, well, I don't, I think what you did is abuse. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm remember gonna, the stepmom that um, is being investigated because of the post that she made? Yeah, did a podcast episode on that one. Right, not in my group, but in another group. And so, you know, she's scared to death to post anything on Facebook. Yeah. Don't blame her. Well, there's there's a lot of people, too, that aren't on Facebook, period. Right. You know, they either have left Facebook, they're too young for Facebook, they are... We don't want those that are too young for Facebook in our nacho club. Um, well, I know, but they're there. They're um, there? Yeah. Um, in our nacho club? I mean, there, there are people that are that young that are blended families. Yeah. But um, no, we, we don't have any kids in our group, in our nacho club. What do you mean kids? There are people in their 
twenties and thirties to say that they're too young to be on Facebook. <laughs> you are so confusing. You're supposed to be like fourteen to have a Facebook page. Yeah. I'm talking about it's not the end thing to be in. I'm not oh, saying okay. it's okay. too young. <laughs> All right. Woo, Lord. I'm not saying it's too young to be on Facebook. Y'all, this heat's getting to us here in South Carolina. Wow. You are tough to talk to today. Um, that's not what my attorney told me. <laughs> he told me I was one of the easiest people that he's ever had to deal Look, with. If you were paying me to listen to you like, he, like you pay him, it would be you'd be amazing to talk to. <laughs> All right. Back to the Nacho Club. Yes, back to so, the Nacho Club, David. Not everybody's on Facebook. There's lots of people who've left Facebook, don't want to be on Facebook. There's a lot of people been kicked out of Facebook. Right. So anyway, all that said, we decided to create the community that we can pull away from all these other platforms that have control and we can make sure it's completely secure and anonymous. So go check it out. Yes. All right. Okay. Who is our victim for the day? Our victim, I mean, our guest for today <laughs> is Anonymous Step. Mom in Missouri. Misery. <laughs> Missouri. Okay. She's been blending a year and four months. Stepson 13, stepdaughter six, and bio son eight. Her bio son, they have full time and he has special needs. And stepkids, they have every other weekend and a few days during the week. Two different bio moms. One's a psycho and one's pretty cool. <laughs> Hardest part of blending for them is their differences in parenting. Mm, yeah, the difference in parenting, I think, hits almost every single blended family. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, it hits most nuclear families. It just doesn't come out the same. Right, because it's your kid. Yeah. Yeah. And the best advice that she's received is nacho. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. She talks about how her husband favors one of his kids more than the other. So he expects more out of the son than the daughter. Hmm. Y'all, that's not rare. No. I am my daddy's favorite. <laughs> I was my granny's favorite. They couldn't help it. I was just so adorable. Mm -hmm. But you cannot say that stuff if it's about your stepkids. Mm -mm. If it's about your bio kids, you'd be like, yeah, I'm closer with one than the other, or I have a different bond. Say that about the stepkids, then shooky, shooky. It's going to be bad. <laughs> she talks about how her son liked this toy that the stepdaughter handed him. Mm -hmm. And with her son being special needs, it's not like he can verbalize, hey, give that back to me, or she took my toy. And she said that it was a Kansas City build a bear kind of thing. So, stepmom in Missouri, if you're listening to this, I sent you an email. I think I found that Build-A-Bear. And if it's the right one, let me know, and I'm going to get it for your sweet boy. Because <laughs> she talked about how much he liked it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough chatter. Let's get to listening. All right. But first, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy.com. <laughs> There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. 
today we have anonymous stepmom from Missouri. Hey, anonymous stepmom from Missouri, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing? Good. So, how long have you been blending? Uh, for about a year and um and a half. Okay. And how many stepkids do you have? Two. And how old are they? Uh, one of them is six. She just turned six, and the other one, he's a boy. He's thirteen years old. Okay. And do they have the same bio mom? No, they don't. <laughs> okay, so you've got two different bio moms. Yeah. Do you have any kids of your own? Yes, I have an uh, eight-year-old boy. Okay. And how often are the stepkids with you? Uh, well, both of them are every Wednesday and every other weekend. Okay. Well, at least they're on the same schedule. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how often do you have your son? Oh, he's with me all the time. The bio dad is not in the picture, so he's with me the entire time. Okay. All right. So you've only been married or blending for a year and a half. Yes. When you started dating your significant other, did you have reservations about getting into a blended family? I did because of the, you know, the nature of the former relationship he had with his previous wife. It's a complicated, I know her and it's, it's just a complicated situation. So I was kind of like evaluating, is this something that I can do if I'm going to like care about the kids, like how I'm supposed to. So I just, you know, I love him so much. I, I just put my cars all in and, and here we are. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so were you friends with the bio mom of the youngest child first? I was not, um, I mean, I'm not sure if I will be disclosing too much, but she is the girlfriend of my ex-boyfriend. The girlfriend of your ex-boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the current girlfriend of your ex-boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Small world, so, girl. <laughs> so we did kind of like a wife swap, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounds that way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your bio son that you have all the time, mm -hmm. he doesn't have anything to do with his dad at all? No, his dad basically just kind of like abandoned him. Uh, my son has special needs. So when my son had that uh, health situation that got him this way, he just pretty much bailed. I'm so sorry. It happens. It's okay. It, it does, but it sucks. It sucks for your son. Yeah, I know. But, you know, he doesn't know any better. His injury was just so severe that, you know, he knows the people that are around him. And as far as he's concerned, uh, my significant other is his dad. So, you know, it works. With your son being special needs, does your significant other parent him? Oh, he is like hands on. He is like the best stepdad ever. He loves him so much. And, you know, within his abilities, he helps me out with him. And he's super affectionate. And I mean, the kid is an angel who would not love them. You know what I mean? So, uh -huh. so yeah, he's he's the best. Good. And what's his relationship like with the stepkids? He tries. I mean, he loves them like any any parent, I guess. Um, he loves them really like strongly, I guess. And then because of that, he feels like he needs to be do everything for them and give them everything and very permissive, very lenient with them. I think that he feels guilty at some, like in some level. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, he does things that I don't agree with that are like very lenient. So I don't know. I, I don't agree with his parenting style, to be honest. Well, I'm sure you've heard of guilty parent syndrome. Yes. It is real. And it may be hard for you to understand that because you have your son all the time. Right. 
a lot of times if we can think and put ourselves in the shoes of your significant other of he only has his kids. 156 six days a year. <laughs> right. I counted them. Yeah. And that's not a lot. Right. And then there's that fear of my kids won't want to come here. They'll want to stay at their mom's. Right. But really, I have my son the majority of the time, but he goes to his dad's every other weekend and a week each month during the summer and stuff like that. But I still have guilty parent syndrome. Right. It's it's hard. It's hard to overcome it because he's not going to discipline them when they're only there on Wednesdays. Yeah. He doesn't want to spend all the time he has with them fussing. Right. If he puts them on restriction, he can't do it for a week. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hard part. Yeah. So, and I tell you all this because I know it's frustrating from your side of things mm-hmm. for him not to parent like you think he should. Mm-hmm. But I want you to try to see things from his viewpoint because I don't want you to look at him as a bad parent or a weak man. Because a lot of times when stepmoms see their significant others not parenting, they say it's unattractive. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is, yes, that could be unattractive. And I'm doing air quotes. But you have to realize why it's happening. And it's not that. They don't think they should do something different, but it's that guilt. It overrides the fact of why am I going to fuss at them for doing something when they're leaving in 10 minutes? Yeah. And a lot of times, if you do notice yourself focusing on him not parenting like you think he should, then that's where your focus is going to stay. Mm -hmm. And that makes it harder because that's all you're thinking about is he doesn't parent his kids and He lets them talk to him poorly and all this stuff. And then next thing you know, you forget why you fell in love with him. That's true. So we have to remind ourselves why we fell in love with them. We have to focus on their relationship with just us and the relationship he has with your kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it's hard. Girl, I know. I'm not saying it's easy (laughs) at all. Because you're thinking, how do you let them talk to you that way? Or my gosh, make them pick up their dirty clothes. Mm -hmm. And... He's thinking, I'll pick up their clothes. They're only here for a couple of days. Or I'm not going to make them have chores. They're only here for a couple of days. Right. Now, the thing is that, I mean, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. The thing is that, well, the the 13-year-old, he, you know, like every teenager, they're just very sloppy and very messy. And, you know, I was a teenager once and I was kind of like, you know, like, oh, I'll, I'll make my bed at one point or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this kid... He brings, he sneaks food into the room and leaves leftovers like everywhere. And we had a rodent problem. Oh. Yeah. It was just so bad. He's supposed to clean the cat litter of his cat. Well, he cleaned it, but left a bag of um, feces on top of where we put the clean laundry. Yeah. He's just (laughs) does things. I'm, I'm like, what is going on with this kid? A lot of times kids don't think. It's, it's hmm. like if you tell them you need to empty the cat litter, you also have to say and take the bag of dirty cat litter out to the trash dump. Right. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Yeah, you have to give step by step. Right. As far as the leftovers in the room, what did your significant other say about that? Oh, my God. He, he, got, he got really mad. And when he gets mad with him, he just starts screaming. But he is he doesn't. He doesn't, he calls his bluff. He doesn't do anything. He just let him scream. 
And he doesn't enforce, like he doesn't come to the, the, the room and check that he is getting all that stuff out. He just tells him to do it, but it obviously doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I'm not going to be the police officer. Uh, you're the one that has to check that. So I'm sorry. We, yeah, we do have pro- problems with pests in our home. Well, not anymore, but we did. Mm-hmm. So you need, as a parent, just go and check that he got all those things done. So he still doesn't do that. It's very frustrating. It is very frustrating because you don't want to nag your significant other to do it. Right. And you don't want to fight with your stepson to do it because really it's your significant other's place to do those things. He's the parent. Exactly. Now, I want you to think about something. I understand you said you're not going to be the police. <laughs> right. Right. And I, and I get it 100%. We had a lady one time that her stepdaughter would use their white towels and would leave them in the bedroom floor. Oh, my God. You know how towels get stinky if they're just left? Yeah. And she said, those are my f- favorite towels, our best towels. It is stressing me out with those towels sitting up there like that. And she said, how can I nacho that? And I said, nachoing is not just quote, quote, ignoring everything, mm-hmm. but she's asked her significant other to get them. Of course, like you said, that's not always happening. So I told her, and this is for everybody listening, you have to weigh the stress. Is it more stressful for you to worry about those towels or for you to just pick them up? Yeah. Because sometimes it's easier to just pick them up. Mm-hmm. Now, are you nachoing? No, but you're still lowering your stress. Mm-hmm. And that's what the whole Nacho Kids method is about. It's not just in disengaging with the stepkids. It's lowering your stress. Mm-hmm. So if you tell your significant other, you need to go check little Johnny's room and make sure he doesn't have food every night, your significant other's going to start getting mad at you. Yeah. And you don't want that. Yeah. Now, I will tell you something funny. I don't know if you've seen it in any of the stepmom Facebook groups. But apparently people took black rice and put it in their stepkids' rooms to make their stepkids think they had rats in there. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. That's very inventive. <laughs> it is. That way, the stepkids would be like, oh, my gosh, we got a rat. And, you know, they would keep their room a little cleaner and get food and stuff out. Right. What really cracked me up was one lady didn't have any black rice, so she took a Sharpie and colored white rice. Oh, my God. (laughs) She had a lot of time in her hands. Exactly. (laughs) But I thought it was hilarious. Now, I don't know if this has um, worked for those people. I just saw it going around a couple of weeks ago, (laughs) and I couldn't help but laugh. Yeah. I don't know if I should try that now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, girl, that's up to you. If you do try it, let me know how it goes. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But it is hard when a lot of times you'll think, well, this is my home, too. Uh And it is your home. But... That doesn't change. That is your significant other's responsibility to parent his kids. Mm-hmm. So then we get to the, what do you do? Is that a hill to die on? Meaning, if my significant other does not make him keep food out of his room, we're getting divorced. Oh, yeah, no. Right. And so you don't want to make your life miserable because of it. Right. No, you don't want to have bugs and rodents and things of that nature. But your significant other's not going to take the steps to stop that until he feels the pain. Yeah, yeah. And maybe since your stepkids are only there every Wednesday and every other weekend, maybe on Wednesday nights or Thursdays, whatever, maybe you could 
tell your significant other, hey, while I'm doing dishes, can you go check and make sure there's none in there? Yeah. Or can you go gather up the dishes around the house or something? Um, Mm -hmm. It is best if you don't say the kid's name. He will he will get defensive, especially with the girl. Oh, so he's more protective of the girl. Oh, yeah. He has he has preferences, which is very I feel bad for the for the boy Mm -hmm. because he does treat her with like, you know, roll of red carpet and everything. And the other one, he's more harsh. So it's it's hard to watch, actually. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because the son is a son and he's older? That and also because of the how badly the relationship ended with uh, her mom instead of the other one. Okay. He has like even even bigger guilty parent syndrome with her than with him. And obviously he's a boy and he's a teenager. So that, that makes sense. But it, it's a little bit like more like to it than just like a simple thing like that. So his relationship with stepdaughter's mom ended worse or on a bad note, whereas the first one was kind of a mutual thing, I'm guessing? Yes. It, they were very young, the the couple. Well, when they were dating, they were very young. It was kind of like, a, you know, it happens. Things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, with the other one, he he was actually married to her. And she, she bailed on the marriage. And she went with the guy in question that I mentioned before. So he feels like he probably wasn't adequate enough to keep the whole thing together and feels bad for her because the other household is really bad. Oh, So he tries to be like extra nice to her. And I feel like it's detrimental for the boy because he feels like, you know, like the other parent loves, like the parent loves the other kid more than him. Right. Like he's chopped liver. Yeah. Have you talked to your boyfriend about how he shows favoritism to the stepdaughter? Yes, and he denies it every single time. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm seeing it, and other people actually do. Like the grandparents, they see that too. It's reassurance for me. I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy. This mm-hmm. is actually happening. As long as he, de- de- you know, denies it and doesn't accept or admit that he is doing that, it's not going to change. Exactly. And like you said, there's many reasons for this guilty parent syndrome, and one of them with him is because she has a bad home life at the other home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what's your relationship like with the stepson? It's it's fantastic, actually. Like, I try to be the, not the parent anymore. Just, I, I give him advice every other time because sometimes I just feel like, oh my God, like I feel the itch of doing it just to help him. Mm-hmm. Like as an aunt, you know, oh, they come here and I just feel like I have to give him a little advice and he takes it to heart. We share uh, the the video game thing, so we play video games together. So he absolutely adores me. But, oh, good! Uh, like I try not to get included. I used to get very involved in his parenting, but now I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm too stressed out, so I'm just gonna do what naturaling thing and try to do the best I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you try to parent him and your significant other's not. You're the bad guy. You're the bad guy with your significant other. You're the bad guy with the kid. Exactly. And with the bio mom. Yeah. And the in-laws. I mean, we can just keep going. <laughs> no, and the bio mom, you know, with her, I don't have an issue with her whatsoever. We we talk every once in a while about her asking for help with him, with her son mm-hmm. in certain things. 
our relationship is very civilized with her. Mm-hmm. So I, I give her advice and, and, and tell her like what's going on here. Cause she prefers to talk to me than to talk to to my significant other because they are, they clash. Right. So she just tries to find a way to like talk with someone that's not going to end up in argument. Right. You know, a lot of people do that. And we tell a lot of stepmoms, be careful of putting yourself in the middle. Mm-hmm. Now, you have a decent relationship with her. It's not like y'all were talking every day. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're being put in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that works for y'all. That one, yes. That that side is is kind of like it's, it's floating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the other one, it's just extremely bad. So BM2 is extremely bad? Yeah, like like it's just completely the opposite of, of the spectrum. Is she high conflict? High conflict. She has taken us to court for false allegations at one point, accused of like the worst thing that you can be accused of. And obviously the court ruled on our favor because it was complete fabrication from her and they saw right through her what she was trying to do. So she always complains about stuff. She always accuses me of being like interfering with the text messages or the talking parents, whatever that is, which I don't, because why would I do that? Mm -hmm. You know, I have better things to do than just include myself in that hot mess. So, well, she's going, she's going to try to find somebody or some way to stir up drama. It sounds like. Yes. All the time. And you made the comment about false allegations. Mm -hmm. We had actually talked to an attorney about this not too long ago, not because of anything related, just we knew the attorney and they were having some kind of open house thing. And the false allegations that we have seen, and we're talking bad ones. I have a feeling we're talking about the same thing that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. These bio moms do this and it costs the bio dads in a lot of cases hundreds of thousands of dollars. It costs them years of time without their kids, and nothing happens to the bio mom for making up crap. Exactly. I don't get it. I don't understand why there can't be repercussions. Exactly. Because it's obvious when a bio mom, in most cases, let me say, it's obvious when a child is coached. Oh, yeah. So if it's obvious that the child is coached, then I think the bio mom should have repercussions, including paying part of those stupid attorney's fees. We tried, but <laughs> we, we weren't successful with that part. <laughs> I know, I know, girl. If you've listened to this podcast, you know how I feel about the family court system. And <laughs> I have a feeling when my son turns 18 and there's no chance of me going back to the family court system, that I'm going to tell y'all all kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is, it's so unfair. Like we are being held accountable for something that it's false, but she is not for making, for lying, lying to the court, lying to, you know, the sheriff's department because she has to go to the sheriff first. Right. But no, nothing happened. She was just a joke. Like she made herself a fool in, in court and the judge said, do not ever file this in your life because I will deny it and I will deny emotion. It's not going to happen. Well, that's good. So this didn't get drawn out for years or anything like that. No, it was like my lawyer was extremely good and he, you know, made his case and I made my case as well. So uh, it was like uh, taken care of in two months, three months. We didn't see uh, her for like, yeah, for like the entirety of the case. Right. Um, and she was just ha- like, the mom was just ecstatic about it. Oh, yeah. But then she didn't do anything. She walked away with spending also lawyer fees. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, most of the the child support that she received, she paid for a lawyer. Right. 
So it's ridiculous. It is. It's like everything else in life. We have to try to let those things go and not focus on them because even you and I talking about it right now could bring up those feelings of anger that you had when that happened. Right. Yeah. It's it's hard. I, I mean, right now I'm thinking, you know, it was just ridiculous, like that a person can go to those extents. But I know that she is, I moved on from it mm-hmm. for the most part, but I know that she's still holding that in herself. And it, I'm sorry to say this, but it gives me a little bit of satisfaction <laughs> that she is still holding on to that grudge and that anger and hate because she, she must be miserable. Yeah. So she must be miserable to even try to go that route. Right. And she keeps going. She's coaching her child. There was one time, like a couple of weeks ago, when she, the daughter went to her mom saying that I called her stupid little girl, which obviously was false. Mm -hmm. So she caused a problem about that. And that obviously never happened. So this is what the little girl does, like constantly. It's very stressful. She makes up stories that the dad is, is, is talking to his ex-girlfriend. And then we ask her, why would she do that? And she's like, because I want you and daddy to fight. And she is, she started doing this and she's four. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, you know where that comes from. It either, oh, yeah. it either comes from by a mom or children are very creative. And she may think that if she gets y'all to fight, that her mom and dad will get back together. Yeah. Well, right now she knows that that's not going to happen. You know, I think (laughs) even if kids know that that's not going to happen, there's still something deep inside of them that wants it. Mm -hmm. She was young when they split up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was about three years old. She was about to turn four. So, I mean, we blended a year and a half ago, but I've been in this relationship for almost, it's going to be two years. And I didn't have to deal with it, obviously, until I moved in. And when I met her, she was just turning four. Mm-hmm. So, and then he was divorced, like a like not divorced, separated, like a year before that. So, right. she didn't understand what was going on. She didn't understand why her mom brought this uh, strange man after she was living in the house with her dad, like a month after. Right. So, uh, it, she's confused, and and sometimes I, I get angry because I feel like I have a spy in the house. She tells her mom everything that goes on here. Mm-hmm. And she acts out here. So I don't know how to handle that situation because she's young and I know that she's being coached, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of like affecting my my life in here because of that. Well, the good thing is she's not there very often. Right. Now, what about the summer schedule? Is she Are they there more during the summer or does it stay the same? I frankly think God, no, it's the same. <laughs> okay. Now, see, that's one thing you've got to look at is, yes, you might feel like there's a spy in your house every Wednesday and every other weekend, and that sucks. Mm -hmm. But at least it's not that way every other week. Oh, yeah, I know. And you have your son to focus on. Stepdaughter is going to make up whatever she wants to. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Other than be a good role model. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of parents that complain about their kids lying, but then... You start talking to them and they start telling you stuff that you know is not true. Or they start telling you when you go to an amusement park and you tell them to lie about their age so they can get in at a cheaper cost or to go out to eat and it's kids 12 and under eat free and they're 13 and you say, tell them you're 12. You know, what are you teaching your kid? You're teaching them to be liars. Mm -hmm. So even though you only have a limited time with them, you can still have a good influence on this little girl and not by Mm -hmm. calling her out on stuff because it's useless. Mm -hmm. but 
just by being your kind self. Mm-hmm. Now, if it affects your son, then of course step in. Yeah, that was one of that was one of the arguments that we had here. She gives him toys and he likes them, and then she takes them away. Oh, she's just being so, mean. Oh, I believe me. I, it, I there's been some times that I'm like, I'm just gonna completely ignore this kid because I I can't do anything about it. So if I ignore that and pretend that she's not there, it would mm-hmm. be better for me. Obviously, that never worked. That only made my significant other even, you know, we fought a lot because of that. Right. Yeah. And ignoring her is not the right thing. There's a difference between not engaging and ignoring. Mm-hmm. Now, when she would give your son a toy and take it away, what would you do? I would just get like that day when I started, like before I even started natural, I, got, I just got furious. And obviously I yelled at her. I'm like, why would you do that? to him and obviously dad got involved and he also told her you you don't do that if you're not ready to give up a toy just don't do it because mm-hmm. he will get attached to it and he thinks that you're giving it to him like being nice and then you just take it back like that's not okay right so he he did support me on this but then she keeps doing it so I was like, I can't do this anymore. You're going to have to do it for me or I'm going to continuously yell at her. And then afterwards, I feel terrible. Right. So is your son verbal? He's not. He's not. He communicates very, like very little with his eyes. And he, you can notice that he likes like different things. And he liked that toy, that precise, it was a teddy bear that is like a -a Mm Build-A-Bear dressed in Kansas City football uniform Mm -hmm. and he liked it but then you know he didn't see it anymore so he like he looks for it and and it just breaks my heart because he's so defenseless he can't say anything right but you can tell by his sweet little eyes when they light up when he's happy yeah yeah definitely so we need to get him a kansas city (laughs) build-a-bear i i i have to i've been trying online to to get it and it's it's almost impossible we'll have to go to kansas city to get it so yeah well you're closer to kansas city than i (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we're about four hours yeah so and and see and that makes it so hard because your son can't take up for himself yeah i'm glad your significant other is standing up for you and your son with that situation me too i feel backed up into like i feel like he's he's having my back and that I, I that meant a lot to me. Yes, because now I know that he really loves him, and you know he he took his side instead of hers, so that was good. <laughs> right. Of course, in Facebook groups, you are going to get some really bad advice, mm-hmm. and some people would tell you, "Well, give her a toy that she likes and take it from her." That's not teaching her anything. Mm-hmm. That's just being mean. Right. We would hope that it would teach her. Now, how do, how does that make you feel? But they're kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that excuses their behavior or anything, but we can't expect them to have the mentality that an adult has. Right. And I don't know any other way to say this, but some kids just are not compassionate or empathetic. They're just not. Scary. Yeah. I remember one of David's kids did something to one of the brothers that upset the brother. And I was talking to him and I said, does it not bother you that you hurt his feelings and made him feel that way? And he said, no, how he feels is his problem. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was just floored. Now, granted, I'll tell you, that kid would also beat somebody up if they messed with his brother. You know, it's one of those, he loves his brother and he'll take up for him. But it's one of those mentalities of, it's not my fault he got upset. (laughs) 
Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's funny. My sister did that to me one time. I told her, I said, you make me feel guilty for not doing whatever. And she said, don't get mad at me for how you feel about something. You allow yourself to feel that way. And she's got a point. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, she does have a point, but very tiny, though. (laughs) Yeah, but I do think with your son having disabilities just completely makes things so much different because he can't tell her, give that back to me. Mm -hmm. Or he can't tell her, hey, that's rude. Yes, and it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. to see that situation. And, you know, like like you said, they're kids and, and that's how they act sometimes. And that I feel like that's one of the issues. I don't know what it is to have a child that it's a typical, neurotypical is called. Mm-hmm. I have a child with disabilities and that's all I know. Like I am great with kids that have a disability. You know, I'm experiencing that. But with neurotypical, it's hard because I don't know how to be with them. You know, so yeah, because that's not what you're used to, right? If she has outbursts, you're not used to that because your son doesn't exactly. So it's one of those things. How do I handle that? And even the noises that kids can make can drive you insane. Oh my god, yes, yes. I'm like, why are you doing that? <laughs> so I'm like, stop stumping. Yes, that's what I was getting ready to say. Is one of David's triplets? He walks so heavily. It's like he stomps every step he takes. (laughs) And it used to drive me insane, especially when they would run down the steps. Mm. So David told him, he's like, you know, y'all quit running down the steps. So then they would jump from like the fifth step to the bottom because he didn't tell him not to jump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like maybe I was like that when I was a kid and I am being punished by it, by karma. (laughs) No, no. I'm like, oh, my God. And and I can't say anything because I'm I'm learning how to nacho. So I feel like I want to like smash my face against the wall. I'm like, oh, my God, just please make it stop. Mm -hmm. You're not in the academy, are you? This this summer, I'm going to join after, you know, finding all the struggles that I've, I've had. I feel like it's time to learn how to do it properly mm-hmm. um, for my own sanity, I feel. Well, I was going to tell you, we do um, teach a lot of tools in there to help you with those things. And we've actually got, we've got three different month-long challenges. One of them is the Nacho Kids Boot Camp, and it helps you to step back and... <laughs> to also recognize where a lot of the triggers are. And then we also have the change your stinking thinking challenge. Mm -hmm. And that one, it helps you more with when the stepkids doing those noisy things that are driving you crazy. Mm -hmm. They're different, but they, of course, both relate to the Nacho Kids method. Mm -hmm. I look forward to when you do join the Academy so we can teach you those tools because it will definitely help you a lot. But not that there's not things you can do without joining the Academy. I don't want you to feel like that you have to. You know what I'm saying? Well, at this point, because of, you know, I want my relationship to thrive and I want my significant other to know that I will be like a good role model, like you said. Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's necessary to be able to handle those those situations like her crying spells out of nowhere. I feel like she might have a bipolar disorder. Because I am like like the word you said, I was floored when she cried, and then all of a sudden, cried with tears and everything. I'm like, is she an actress, mm-hmm. or does she have like a mental problem? Because that was weird, and she does it repeatedly, and it's like you see that she's upset, but all of a sudden she's really happy, and I'm like, oh gosh, what's going on with this child? So I don't know if like make a comment to the dad 
to try to, hey, this is what's going on or just step it? You know, it's not rare that children act like that. Okay. It's because they don't know how to express their frustrations. Mm -hmm. So they cry and they scream and they pitch a tantrum and then they get it out of their system and they're fine. Oh my God. It's like a roller coaster. It is. And uh, honey, I'm not trying to scare you. You got this. I know you got this. Mm -hmm. But the teenage years are going to be a little hard. Mm -hmm. But you learning how to cope with them while she's still younger will help you through those teenage years. Okay. I've seen teenagers that even adults, that they will just lose it and just scream and raise cane and just go off the chain. And then 10 minutes later, they're fine. And then they're looking at you like, why aren't you acting like everything's fine? Yeah, I've met those. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it's because they don't know how to deal with what's annoying them or aggravating them or triggering them. So they react out of that emotion. Okay. And it's not just kids. Like I said, it's adults too. But those adults weren't raised to learn how to deal with their emotions and express themselves. Mm -hmm. And maybe one thing, once you get a little more comfortable with the nacho thing, maybe your significant other, y'all can talk about things to help her express her emotions. They make these little sticker things. Um, I forget what they're called, but it's like you move the little magnet that says, I'm happy, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm glad, I'm frustrated, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Because if you can get her to identify her emotions, that's helpful. Yeah. So maybe that's something, like I said, once you get more comfortable with the nacho thing and he sees that thing, you're not trying to bash his kid mm -hmm. and he doesn't get so defensive, then maybe that's something that y'all could work on with her. Okay. That sounds like a great idea, actually. Does he know that you're nachoing? Yes. And he knows the term now. So even my son's nurse knows the term now. <laughs> so she always tells me, remember to nacho. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. Every time. And what does he think about it? He thinks that it's a good idea. I mean, he's more stressed because he has double the work now because mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do laundry for his kids anymore. I don't do any of those things. So he feels like scrambling, like trying to get, you know, everything done mm -hmm. at the beginning. He was just like, why aren't you going to help me? I mean, we're supposed to help each other. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but it's just like, I feel like my sanity is taking a toll and now he is doing, he's learning. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's like, okay, well, uh, you had to do what you had to do as long as you love, like, like care about my kids and treat them right. That's all I care about. Right. So. Yeah. And the clothes thing, he can teach the 13-year-old to wash his clothes. <laughs> Good luck with that with him. Well, <laughs> but he can, yeah. <laughs> right. When your boyfriend gets tired of doing it, he will teach him. Uh -huh. So do you have any good relationship with your stepdaughter or is it all, do you feel like just negative? After the the toy incident and, and a couple more things, uh, when I was like trying to merge into the natural thing that made me really resentful. Like I feel, I read it on the Facebook um, group as well. Like I feel like because he doesn't put a stop to it, it made me focus my anger towards her instead of towards him. Yes. So I was, I was just angry at her, but you know, it's, it's she's a child, like you said. So I should have just addressed that with him instead of just like ignore. Cause there was a point when I was just completely ignoring her. Like it was just high and by. Mm -hmm. And it was just not, it was affecting her. I saw it. So it was really bad. But now, you know, that I'm learning and I'm reading and I'm listening to the podcast and I'm about to join the academy, I feel like that's obviously not the, the correct way to go. So I try to be kind with her. 
also the anger towards the mom that played like an important role. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of times as stepmoms, we let the bio moms live rent free in our head. Yeah. And yeah. we let them be a part of our lives when they don't have to be. Mm-hmm. She can talk as much junk as she wants to all day long. Let her run out of breath. Don't waste your energy on her. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. Like, uh, I started the testing. Like, I didn't care about her, the fact that she was with my ex. I'm like, okay, I'm glad that she took it away from him, like, of my back. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but she, at one point when my significant other was visiting me, I lived in another city. She's like, well, you're abandoning your daughter to go, because I'm foreign, I'm Colombian. Uh, you're going to go and visit um, that skanky Mexican and her crippled child. <gasps> yeah. And she she probably thinks that Mexico is Latin America. And that's how she calls it. I don't know. But I'm like, I'm not Mexican, first of all. And second, like you go and attack a helpless child. Like, what's the matter with you? So, oh, my yeah. gosh, she's evil. Like this woman is horrible. That That is horrible. That is. Mm-hmm. But that explains why stepdaughter has no issues taking a toy back. Right. She has the evil gene in her. Well, we hope it's not inside of her like an evil gene. <laughs> and that she's just doing what she knows to do. She's living by example. Yeah. And even though you only have them or they're only with your significant other a small amount of time, again, I can't stress this enough, you can still plant seeds of goodness. Mm-hmm of, well, let's share or let's do this kind of thing. When there's opportunities, I wouldn't go overboard trying to do it, of course. Yeah. But especially if you do have that anger. But you're so right. A lot of times people focus on, it's the stepkids, it's the stepkids. No, they're doing what they're allowed to do by their bio parent. Mm-hmm. And I saw a post in the Facebook group, my significant other is not showing my kid. Oh, no. And she will fix dinner for everybody but him. Oh, that was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> the kid is seven. Yeah. That is not nachoing. That's being a beep. <laughs> I know. That's bad. It is. And I just, I'm like, no. And see, that's what bothers me. That what That's what gives nachoing a bad rap. Mm-hmm. You don't treat kids like that. I don't care if they're kids that you absolutely can't stand. I wouldn't treat a stranger kid like that. Yeah. You know, if you're at my house and I'm cooking, then I'm going to offer for you to eat. Yeah. Oh, it upset me for that kid because these are such developmental years for these kids. And to feel like they are purposely excluded is not right. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that that person that made that post will talk to their significant other about, look, you need to read the stuff about not showing what it really is and what it's not because you're not doing it. You're just being a bee. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. bad. So I'm I'm glad you're not doing that with your stepdaughter. It doesn't sound like you would be that type of person to do that in the first place. No, I, it, be, having a child with those disabilities, like it just, I, I feel like I have a little bit more kindness towards kids in general, and I would not deny a, a plate of food to anybody. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if, I mean, if they're hungry, like go eat, we will buy more groceries. That's fine as long as you don't take it in your room. If you want to spend time and watch TV with all of us, just go ahead as long as it's not in our room. Right. But like to to deny, like to not, you're cooking already, just cook a little extra for the other one. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And see with David's kids, no, I didn't cook for them after they complained about my food, but he did. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I would still never have left them out. Yeah. 
Now, you said something a second ago, and it got me thinking. So does stepdaughter ever do kind things for your son? She does. She helps out. That's good. So she's not completely evil. No. She actually even learned how to turn off the feeding pump and everything just to help me out. So she is not completely evil. We just have to, it's just that we don't have enough time with her. Her dad doesn't to actually nurture enough that part of her. So we're kind of concerned that, you know, in the teenage years, what's going to happen to her? How, what person is she going to be? Yeah. When she takes the toy back, does she say why she took it back? She lies and says that she doesn't, she didn't give it in the first place. Oh. Yeah. You know, a lot of times kids will give stuff to people. And then they want it back. Mm-hmm. Or you're cleaning up the room. You find the toy they hadn't played with for 10 years. And, oh, don't give that away. That's my favorite toy. And they don't play yeah. Right. <laughs> and that might have something to do with how she's treated at her other house, too. Yeah. How does stepson and stepdaughter get along? I, you know, like every sibling, they have, they have some issues. Sometimes uh, she pesters him and he pesters her. I think he loves her. Mm-hmm. He also has a half sister in the other household too. So he's like on, on each side with sisters that are very young and obnoxious. <laughs> so he tries his best to be nice to her. And sometimes obviously it doesn't end well because he gets mad, but he loves her and she loves him. So it's, it's good. Right. Now, does stepdaughter have any other siblings at the other house? Yes. She has a half sister uh, from her mom's first relationship another um, teenage pregnancy okay so yeah she's she's that that girl for what i've heard from my significant other is she's done for like she, there's nothing that they can do because her mom never really taught her how to be nice or kind or anything so she's she's mean to to the little girl and she she comes here telling stories i mean sometimes it could be fabrication and i take it with a grain of salt but Sometimes they do, they make sense with knowing what, how this person is. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for her. Has your significant other thought about trying to get custody of her to where she's more with him than with bio mom? Uh, at this point, we're actually considering because she, she's neglecting her. She, th- this, this has been going on since I moved here. And that's why she took me to court because she's been neglecting, medically neglecting the daughter instances when she was five at the time she came here with a severe um, infection in her private area. Oh gosh. Um, And back then I was doing her laundry. So it was very appalling to see what was going on in her underwear. Right. And now yesterday we found out that she pierced her eardrum because she was trying to uh, clean ears with Q-tip. Oh, wow. I don't know how far that got. Like, what, where were you? Like, why aren't you like, you know, putting those things away and teaching her not to use them for the ears. Right. And, you know, mind you, this woman is going to, it's going to school for nursing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It, it, like the plot thickens in this situation. It's just like a hot mess. Oh. Yeah. Um, I have to laugh because David's ex went to school for nursing. <laughs> oh, my God. And I walked by one of the kids one day and I said, what is that on your leg? And I looked at it. I'm like, David, you need to take him to the hospital. This is MRSA. (gasps) Oh, no. And he had MRSA. Oh, no. But his nurse mama didn't see it. Oh, my God. So it just cracks me up, especially when 
somebody's talking about the bio mom and her being neglectful to her children and go, oh, yeah, she's <laughs> going to be a nurse. Like, oh, great. Oh, yeah. She's I'm like, what are you thinking? You have to check your daughter's health, like yeah. everything overall. Plus, she's very young. So, uh, you know, she leaves the care of her daughter to the teenage daughter. Oh. The teenage daughter is raising the kid pretty much because this woman is or if she's not in nursing school, she's after her boyfriend's rear end. Yeah. So it's just horrible, horrible situation. How do you feel about him thinking about getting more custody of her? You know, in the long run, it probably will be a good idea just to do raise a good person. Like this, this world needs better people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we will, we will figure it out if that was the case, but, and it will be better because she will act like act out less. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm all about it just to help her out because it's like she used to be like, she's just this plain stressful kid behavior. She's stressed in her household, uh, yeah. the other household. And she doesn't like the boyfriend. The boyfriend, actually, we had an incident when she was letting the little girl, she was four at the time, take showers with him. <sighs> so I had to call the child protective services and create a like a case. Obviously, they did not do anything because they never do. But I was like, how are you letting this happen? And um, she has told me that he flicks her, that she, he bit her at one time, but there was no marks. So I couldn't take pictures or anything. Mm-hmm. But she's just stressed. She sneaks food and she says that her room is her home. And she's six. She's six now. Yeah. She just turned six. Well, some words of advice. Mm-hmm. Let your boyfriend decide what he wants to do with the custody. Oh, yeah. Don't don't push him one way or the other because that could backfire on you. Yes. Too many times we see the stepmoms push for the boyfriend or husband to get custody. They get custody and they're like, I regret doing that. Or if you told your boyfriend, I don't want you to get custody, that can cause a whole nother thing of issues. Yes. So you have to let him decide and then be supportive of his decision. Mm-hmm. I know when we had David's kids 11 out of 14 days versus 50-50, things were a lot better because they get into a routine and they get that good influence longer. Mm-hmm. But I can tell that you want what's best for this little girl. Mm-hmm. So I know that you'll probably do anything you can to help him get her because you know that's what's best for her. Yeah. But remember, even if he gets her full time, 100%, she never goes back to buy a mom, you can still nacho. Yeah. Because you need to build that foundation with her. The last thing she needs is to come from buy a mom's and then come to your house and then you being the drill sergeant. Yeah. Golly, poor thing. I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, that's her home was her room. Yeah. That When she said that, I'm like, that is horrible. That's. Uh, you know, she's stressed. She's she's going in a very stressful environment to actually say something like that. Yeah, definitely. Now, if there are things that you enjoy doing with her, mm-hmm. even with your nachoing, make sure you continue to do those things. Okay. So, for instance, if she likes playing Barbies and you don't mind playing Barbies with her, continue to do those things. Mm-hmm. Remember, nachoing is about lowering your stress, not completely eliminating your relationship with her. Okay. And that will help you build that foundation with her. Mm-hmm. And her helping you with your son, that's awesome. Yeah. She's she she has kindness in her heart. Half and half, let's just say, but yeah. that's that means a lot. Well, and again, 
She's six. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to say, well, she ought to know that that's ugly. Well, she might know that it's not nice to take it back, but she is also thinking, I want it back. Mm-hmm. It was mine in the first place. I didn't give it to him. I just let him hold it for 17 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So what would you say the hardest part of your blend is? Um, just seeing, well, it's it's hard to watch to see my my significant other scramble by to try to get both of them entertained because they're both in different age groups. Mm-hmm. And to see him every morning trying to get everybody out of bed to get to school. I mean, I used to laugh, but now it's like oh, that poor guy. <laughs> You know, so that's that's hard. And then when I get attitude from them, from both of them, and I just don't know like how to handle it. So that's hard. Right. Now, if your significant other, if you see that he needs help and you can help and it's not going to stress you out, and if he's not going to expect it because you helped that one time, oh yes, then help him. You know, there's times where my son has pushed my buttons so bad, and David will step in and say, that's enough. And it's the best thing that ever happened because it was getting bad. Or, yeah. you know, if you're carrying, if he's trying to get one kid ready and the other one's acting up and she's not putting her socks on, by helping him, you could say, hey, do you want me to help you put your shoes on? Okay. And if she says no, then okay. Or if she starts having a screaming fit, then no, of course not. Let him deal with that. Yeah. But it's still okay to help him because you don't want him to feel stressed. Right. But you don't want to take over his parenting responsibilities either. I'm so glad that your significant other knows about you not joining because you can be more <laughs> open with these conversations with him. Yes. Thought that it was, it was because it's involving the kids. So it, hence, it has to involve him. And at the beginning, he's like, Nacho, like, what do you mean, Nacho? Like with salsa or something? Like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is what he means. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, that's very inventive. Yeah. But it sounds like <laughs> that he understands it fairly well and that you do also. It's not mm-hmm. you just throwing your hands up and saying, they're yours. I'm not helping you at all. It's saying they're your responsibility. Right. When we got together, he said, I want you to love them like they're yours. And I want you to be a mother to them. And that would, that made me feel uncomfortable because it put a lot of weight and responsibility on me. And I'm like, uh, okay, they already have moms. So how, how am I going to do this? And I talked to him about it. And I'm like, I can't do that. They already have moms. If, if they were like orphans and the mom was not alive anymore. Yes, I would step in. But I can't be that that you're expecting me to be because it's just not maybe some people do it and, and I commend them for that, but it's just not possible for me. And it's not realistic. Right. Because those kids most likely don't want another mama. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just they will be like, okay, why are you telling me if I have other three parents? Because they they both have, you know. Uh, the other households and they're being told what to do over there. So mm-hmm. it's like overwhelming for them. Yeah. I mean, I know I didn't want another parent. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's, probably, <laughs> that's pretty bad. Especially when you're going back and forth from different homes and there's different rules. Yes. You're like, I don't know if I can breathe to the right or breathe to the left. I forgot which house I'm at. Oh, yeah, that's bad. I, I feel bad for them, actually, because the dad has different rules here than, than, for example, the boy. So he's like... Okay, I forgot that it, we did that here, not there. 
Mm-hmm. Just a tough situation. I my parents were divorced, but I never went to his house whatsoever. Oh, really? It was just different times, and he was not very involved. And we loved our mom so much, so I didn't have to deal with with the stepmom on that side at all. And my mom never remarried, so I don't know how that is. Oh, okay. So, did you ever have a relationship with your dad after they split up? I did for a while, and then you know he's a person that has a lot of a lot of issues and it's hard to have an actual daughter father relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, He's very controlling. So I don't like to be controlled. And that's why I don't, I do the nacho because I know what it is to be controlled and told what to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm empathetic of that. So that's why I don't even, I don't talk to him at all. Yeah. And we have to figure that out. And sometimes for your own sanity and your own well-being, you have to cut toxic people out of your life, even if they are family. Yeah. They're toxic. Yeah, they will drag you down, girl, because they surely aren't going to lift you up. Yeah, exactly. Well, Anonymous Stepmom, it has been a pleasure having you as a guest on our podcast. It's been a pleasure to meet you and to and to be in this podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. And we wish you the absolute best and give that sweet boy a hug for us. I will. Thank you so much. You're very kind. You have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Stepmom from Missouri. Misery. You said that <laughs> the intro. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stepmoms out there that goes, I'm from misery too right now. <laughs> yes. Hey, that's an idea. We need a stepmom state. A stepmom state? Yeah. And it's just a bunch of she sheds <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. You live in a different state. You live in the state of confusion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, David, you got anything for us today? Or are we going to make this short and sweet? I say we make it short and sweet. It's nice weather outside for everybody to go out and enjoy it. You don't know for everybody. It might be raining. It's well, if it's raining, then pause it and play it again when the weather's nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is your sunshine forecast. Yeah, that's right, sunshine. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Join us again next week for another great episode. Remember, for Lori and myself, that life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.